Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. So uh, turn over to the book of Revelation chapter 12. Boy, let me tell you, you know. So here's the deal is, is, is over the next month, I want you to pay attention. Just around us, and, and I love the Christmas season. But pay attention because so much of the story that we find most kind of comforting is a story of, you know, peace and goodwill to all, right? I mean, it's, it's the Hallmark movies. It's, man, great Christmas songs, Christmas specials, right? They all end so happily, right? And, and every, every Hallmark Christmas movie, we love those, even though they're the same movie over and over and over again, right? And we still love the season, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't, okay? I love it. I love watching all these things. But here's the interesting part. We're going to read about, uh, we're going to kind of pull the curtain back on Christmas, okay? Because a lot of times we read the story in Luke and in Matthew, and, and it's fantastic. And you have Mary and Joseph and Jesus being born. And, you know, there's no room in the inn. And so, you know, and it goes on and on. And then, and then the wise men come and we get very conditioned to that, right? Because everybody, we have nativity scenes oftentimes that have three wise men. And so we think, of course, there's only three that came, only it doesn't ever tell us that, okay? But it's very easy to culturally get locked in just on kind of our own artistry and all these things and go, man, there were three guys that came and they came immediately when Jesus was born because of this star that was right over overhead and so these guys came from far away and immediately once Jesus was born and he was put in the trough and and there they are and we think this story happens in like a matter of hours when the story is much longer story months and years okay and there was a lot going on there was a lot going on behind the scenes there's a lot going on behind the scenes and we're going to read about it here in Revelation 12, okay, and this is not something that Hallmark is going to make a movie about right here, okay, this isn't something, if you ever would like to read a chapter that really helps us understand the themes of the book of Revelation, okay, but let me just share this as we dig in because this is a book of the Bible that can be very confusing, um, some people will say it's literal, some people will say it's just a great story, all right? Remember how we read the Bible, okay? This is important. No matter where we open the Bible to, we read the Bible at face value, okay? So if somebody says, do you take the Bible literally? You can't answer that question because there's 66 books, and they're different genres. There's some poetry, and there's history, right? There's letters. We don't take poetry literally, 
right? We don't take like symbolic writing literally. We don't do that, but we take historical writing. And so we, we understand and we read the Bible at face value. And much of the book of Revelation, right? And this is, this is where we get all kinds of, of books and movies and all this kind of stuff. It's fantastical, right? I mean, it's dragons and scrolls, right? It's angels, it's beasts with all of these eyes and wings and all of these things happening in streets of gold and all of this. And we go, well, no, it's, it's literal and there's numbers in there. And we go, no, they're literally numbers that mean you know, there's some numbers that say 1,000, some that say 144,000, some that say that. And man, we're going to be in big trouble if we take those literally, all right? Because there, it's apocalyptic. Much of the book of Revelation is what, what's called apocalyptic writing, okay? It's meant to tell a story. It's meant to communicate a message through amazing imagery, all right? And so sometimes the book of Revelation can become very intimidating. All right? But I would ask us, anytime we dig into the book of Revelation, please take some time to do some background reading. It's really difficult to understand without understanding Roman history. It's really difficult to understand without understanding Jewish history. It's just difficult with all the imagery. All right? And also, I think that we always have to be careful that we don't that we don't take some of these images literally and all of these, but try to hear what's the message? What is God teaching? What was he saying to the original hearers of this message, okay, who were being persecuted at the time? So we're going to look at Revelation 12. We're going to start in verse 1, and here's what it says. It says, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and the crown of 12 stars on her head. So you can see already, right? You're going, whoa, what does this woman look like? Clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, a crown of 12 stars. I mean, you paint that picture, it's, it's, it's amazing, okay? So it's already painting this picture. She was pregnant and cried out in labor and agony as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven. There was a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and on his head were seven diadems his tail swept away a third of the stars in heaven and hurled them to the earth and the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that when she did give birth he might devour her child but she gave birth to a son a male who was going to shepherd all nations with an iron scepter and her child was caught up to god and to his throne the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God to be fed there for 1,260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels also fought, but he could not prevail and there was no place for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was thrown out. The ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the one who deceives the whole world. He was thrown to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, The salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah have now come because the accuser of our brothers has been thrown out. The one who accuses them before our God day and night, they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they did not love their lives in the face of death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, 
and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you with great fury because he knows he has a short time. When the dragon saw that he had been thrown to earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle so that she could fly from the servant's servant's presence to her place in the wilderness where she was fed for a time, times, and half a time. From his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river flowing after the woman to sweep her away in a torrent. But the earth helped the woman. The earth opened his mouth and swallowed up the river that the dragon had spewed from his mouth. So the dragon was furious with the woman and left to wage war against the rest of her offspring. Those who keep God's commands and have the testimony about Jesus, he stood on the sand of the sea. Wow, man, that is intense right there, okay? I mean, again, could you imagine sending this Christmas card to somebody? (laughs) What it would look like? You'd scare people? No, 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 come to my church. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men, except there's this serpent that's trying to kill you because it's furious at you. Whoa, man, I'll tell you. You know what? It it reminds me of, do you remember, and you can turn over there, in Ephesians chapter 6. Reminds me of this uh, in verse 10. Paul writes, finally be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so you can stand against the tactics of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. So, you know, you think about that for a second. Uh, That's sobering just a little bit, right? I mean, to know that that's occurring right this instant. Right, that that's happening, that Satan is infuriated by who? The Satan, the serpent. Some of the symbolism is fairly easy to understand. The woman with the stars and the moons and all that kind of stuff. Many people believe it's Israel, right? The 12 stars. Many people subscribe to that. I think it's pretty consistent. It's pretty good, okay? But for the most part, you see, um, you see Jesus in there. You see the birth of Jesus. You see um, Israel you see Satan, you see Satan being infuriated, you see Michael and the angels and they're fighting one another, right? And then you see Satan realizing, I can't win, but I'm infuriated. I'm going to go after those who obey God. I'm going to go after those who have the testimony of Jesus. That's who I'm going to go after because I'm infuriated at them, okay? I want you to stop and think about that for a second, okay? I want you to just kind of let your mind go there. Right here at the end, verse 17, so the dragon was furious with the woman and left to wage war against the rest of her offspring. All right? And and just take a second and, and think about this. How has the war been waged? This week, this month, this year, it doesn't stop, okay? I mean, listen, Satan doesn't become uninfuriated because it's Christmas time. Satan doesn't become uninfuriated because you get vacation or because some, you get presents and you get all these things. But isn't it interesting? We can become very numb 
Because it's like, no, this, is, this really is. And, and we should. I understand what I'm, I'm not saying here. I'm not saying not to be joyful, not to enjoy the holidays. I think as disciples, we need to be clear on what's going on spiritually, though. Because this is happening to everyone. This is happening to everyone here. It's happening to our children. It's happening in our extended families. It's happening in our world. It's, can you imagine what Satan would do? And understand something. Everything I read about Satan, he's more powerful than me in my own flesh. All right? I couldn't fight against Satan and beat him without Jesus. Okay, And so here's the deal. If he's infuriated at me, have you ever... Have you ever been infuriated before? Probably. Okay. Have you ever been infuriated to the point, what if you could do anything? Understand something. Satan is not bound by my and your moral code. Okay. So understand, take away a moral code. Take away your morality. Take away all that you have, like, gotten used to as a society that people aren't coming up and trying to assault and murder and rape and all of these things, commit violence and undermine all of these things, okay? Get rid of all that. If you had all of that at your disposal to be used at your, at your power against people you're infuriated at, and you would, we would think naturally, well, I would be really guilty. Not if you had no moral code. So you have... Somebody, somebody waging war who's powerful, infuriated, without a moral compass, all right? Not trying to follow God's will, okay? Understand, can you imagine the grace of God that has to be poured over us to not be destroyed? I want you to think about that, okay? Is, seriously, is, it's kind of like, what if you were, do you, I don't know how many people, I, I really, I kind of like, military history, right? And, and, and so, you know, in World War I, when you had really kind of the trench warfare and some in World War II, you, what if you had, you just started walking out in the middle of two armies just firing at each other, and you're just walking out in the field, okay? I, I've watched, like, and some of you have too, uh, in, in World War II, the Band of Brothers, right? And you've seen some of that, how they fought in some of the trenches and you think every guy I see that comes out of the trench into the battlefield they are petrified they can't there are people who me and you could run really really fast even if we weren't fast okay it's because you know somebody's after you to kill you and so when you think about this, a lot of times it, we, we forget that the grace of God is being poured over us continually, okay? Or how easy it would be for just Satan to just pick off everybody, all right? Can you imagine the kind of protection when you have somebody infuriated at you, all right? But it doesn't stop Satan from throwing in stuff. Let me see what's going to stick in there. Let me see. Let me see what's going. Satan has a scheme, right? And I think oftentimes Satan's scheme isn't like trench warfare, right? It's like, let me, let me lull them to sleep. I feel that. Let me lull them to sleep. Let me lull them to sleep in comfort and complacency and materialism. Let me lull them to sleep to where they couldn't imagine even bad things happening. To when bad things do happen, they, they, they're unresilient, okay? 
And, and when I say that is, is, you know, when you talk to people who come from other countries that are war-torn countries, the resilience or third world countries where you have to travel distances to get the smallest amount of food or clean water or something like that. The resilience, okay? And you want to know what? I mean, there's a great blessing that God has given me in you, right? Is this idea of we, we have things that are very convenient. We're not worried about a meal right now. We're not worried about war in our country right now. We're not worried about those things, okay? But there's a part of it where we can feel like, man, um, nothing bad should ever happen. And then when something does, we, our, our, our ability not to be resilient comes out because we just crack very easily, right? I mean, just we break, okay? And the point isn't to become more like self-disciplined. No, the resilience comes from the Holy Spirit. That's where resilience comes from, connecting with God, following Jesus, okay? That's where the resilience comes from, but I think we can all agree we're probably a little overfed, we're probably a little spoiled, we're probably a little, and that's, listen, that's not, that's just by the nature of having a Publix down the road, by having 24-hour convenience stores, and we have enough fuel, and we don't have to go walk somewhere to get clean water, and we don't have our enemies walking around us trying to kill us, okay? And so we're at a disadvantage to a certain degree, okay? Because we think, no, I mean, Satan, he doesn't really scare me and you that much. But there's this side of things. And again, this isn't just, hey, right now get connected. This is is a great preparation for the Christmas season. It's to remind us, you want to know what? This is the probably one one of the top two greatest moments in the history of mankind happened, right? As God became flesh to come and save us. His rescue mission began. There probably wasn't a greater, the resurrection and the birth of Jesus, man. I mean, you're talking about the two moments that changed everything in history, and we want to celebrate that, but we have to be very sober-minded, that there's a war going on, that there is, there is one who is infuriated at us, and the battle isn't against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's not looking around, and that's tough, right? I want you to think about that. Is how, if it's not against flesh and blood, then how do we wage that war? Because it seems like the flesh and blood are the ones that make us angry, right? In, in every way. And a lot of times it's really easy. It's really easy to go, okay, let me compartmentalize this and have this. You know, you go through Ephesians 6, the armor of God. Okay, now I'm going to put on the truth belt, and I'm going to put on the righteousness breastplate, and I'm going to do all that kind of stuff. And, and really... Boy, I think it's a time to take a deep breath and get some time with God where we slow down a little bit. Anybody in here going, like, listen, I I know there's some of you in here. Your mind is going a million miles an hour because there's finals, there's weddings, there's parties, there's gifts to buy, there's travel. We just got done with Thanksgiving, and I practically can put you in a panic attack by saying hours until Christmas, right? Ah, right, I got to run out to Target quickly, okay? Boy, that's a great indicator, okay? And you know what's funny is, as kids, as adults, we get that. A lot of times as kids, they're going, it's not going fast enough, <laughs> right? You remember that when you were a kid, right? You went to school and you're like, you mean tw- in 24 days is Christmas? That's like an eternity, 24 days. Like, you're like, golly, boy, those were the good old days, right? <laughs> when you were like, man, okay? But you see things differently, but even for younger for kids, okay, 
is here's what ends up happening a lot of times, and, and you want to know what? As adults, we're not immune to this either, is we get the I wants, right? There's not enough time for mom and dad to get us everything we want, so we have to remind them constantly. Remember, I want this. Remember, I want this. Remember, you want to know what, kids? That's one of those things to take a deep breath and go, hey, let me stop for a second here, okay? Because as adults, you know, it's, it's the same for us because understand, Satan isn't going... I'm going to leave kids alone. <laughs> He's just not. I mean, that would be utterly ridiculous in a war to say, no, 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 no. I'm going to leave them be, right? And so we've got to start thinking about, wow, this war is being waged. There's a war against our soul. There's, and, and it's coming out in some way, right? It comes out of us in some way, right? And, and, and it can come out in very you know, kind of clear ways, right? Like just outbursts of anger. All right, it can come out that way. Does it change anything to think, wow, I, <laughs> this, this anger inside of me, this bitterness, it comes out in bitterness oftentimes. It comes out in jealousy oftentimes. Ephesians chapter 4 talks about this. Galatians chapter 5, it comes out in fits of rage. It comes out in slander it comes out in malicious talk it comes out in gossip it comes out in wanting to see bad things happen to people because you just don't like them it comes out in a lot of ways that's a war being waged okay i want you to think about the conflicts in relationships over the past couple weeks right just think about that over the last month over the last year okay is because understand something is god is relational by nature everything's built on that his relationship with us our relationship with others that shows his relationship with us and so what better battlefield to wage than the war on relationship and so so i want you to think about that what are those things that have popped up relationally the anger the bitterness the jealousy the slander the malice because that's where the war is being fought Right. What if you knew and were convinced and convicted that that was Satan waging war on you? When you didn't get something your way, and so you pouted. What if you knew? See, we just think, oh man, I'm just in a bad mood. I just didn't eat enough. I just didn't do something like that. Satan is going, no man, I am attacking this person. Okay. And then what's great is, is when we take the bait, Right? We become a willing participant towards someone else. Right? And then when, you, when that happens, I mean, can you see? We all know that, right? The domino effect. And then there's revenge, and then there's bitterness, and then there's all of these things, and then hatred, and then you, you see what ends up happening, and boy, that's scary, but we need to look at it with the curtain pulled back on Christmas. Okay? Because we can have true joy. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had a Christmas morning where you woke up and you opened up your gifts and you didn't get the one that you wanted? Do you remember that ever? Where you, 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 and maybe you got good stuff. I'm not, I'm not trying to make like you, but you liked your things, but you didn't get the one thing that you wanted. Right? I mean, my parents played a practical joke on me when I was 16, and I was convinced that I was going to get a car on Christmas. 
And I don't know how my, I didn't even ask for, I just thought my parents were scheming because sometimes you can tell when parents are scheming about things. And anytime we got a big gift, my dad would call on Christmas Eve and say, I'm working late tonight, right? Four o'clock in the afternoon, there's the phone call. <laughs> hey, Dad. He said, tell your mom I'm going to be late tonight. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! I'm like, it's on, right? And so, you know, go to bed, wake up. And I wanted, embarrassingly enough, and I've shared this with some of you guys, I think, is if you remember back in the 90s, there was a car company that was called, it was owned by Chevy. It was Geo. <laughs> I wanted a Geo Storm. Now, if you want to go and Google that sometime, you will, it's a humiliating to, to want something that bad. I thought it was the coolest car in the world. And I'm like, you know, certainly they bought that car for me. Okay? So I go to bed. I wake up to my father waking me up, and he's dangling keys over in front of me. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I go outside, nothing. Nothing. He's just like cracking up. It's the funniest thing in the world. I'm like, you just ruined Christmas for me. I don't care what I get anymore, okay? But, but here's the deal. Yeah, don't feel sorry for me. It's a geostorm. I'm thankful to God. You know, there's certain unanswered. Oh, thank you that I didn't have to drive that thing around, okay? And I wanted it in like, remember the color back then that was really popular, at least in California, was scope green. Do you remember that color in cars? A scope green, man. I wanted that one. Wow. But anyway, uh, but think about this is, is just have you ever had that feeling before you just didn't get what you wanted? Right. And maybe you voiced that. Maybe you kept it in. Maybe you were silently letting people know you were upset about that. You were going to pout and withhold any kind of like love and all those things. What if you knew that was Satan? He's infuriated at you. And he's like, you know what? My scheme could be this. See, it's not Satan taking over and possession of your body, okay? I mean, you're going, oh, my goodness. It's this idea of Satan going, no, no, no. I can just roll this in front of you. Let it do the work, right? Just let me put it. Here's the deal. When we're savvy, when we understand this, we start understanding, right, Satan's schemes, I want you to think about what would Satan's scheme be for you personally? What could he just kind of put in front of you that you would go, I have to have that. I want that so badly. I don't care who I have to go through. In fact, if I don't get it, I'm going to be infuriated. I'm going to slander. I'm going to call names. What would it be? Because I guarantee you that that will be used. Because here's my and your weakness, okay? Even when we know it's coming, that doesn't mean Satan's not going to use it, all right? We need to be aware of Satan's schemes. He's scheming, he's infuriated, okay? The curtain is pulled back on Christmas. We're going we're gonna to talk about more, you know, really cool things, all right? But these are the things that we need to really look at here. Turn back to Ephesians chapter 6, okay? Because I think it gives us an idea of where to go. All right, Ephesians chapter 6, we're back to where we were a second ago. Um,
You know, I was reading a lot this week, um, and this was, it's not new, it's not a new idea, but if this is the first time I think I've read it with this title, okay, and it's called Information Warfare. Okay, I was looking up actually some military stuff, and, uh, and how information warfare has become just amazingly great technique for countries, organizations, churches to use because there's so much information, all right? And how can you verify all of it, right? I mean, we're starting to see it. We're starting to see it in our politics. We're starting to see it where somebody could even start up a social media campaign about someone else, uh, about your opponent. In fact, you wonder what? It would almost be crazy if you didn't try that. I mean, what if you could do that? What if what if you could do that for a job? Let's say, and I, I hate to bring this up. Tyler's like, man, I'm about to apply for a job here, okay? But what if, what if Tyler could go, those other people applying, I could go and start this information warfare directly to my boss, right? Don't do that. <laughs> Tyler would never do that. But that's happening. We're being inundated by information. We're being inundated by podcasts. We're being inundated by social media and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all of these things. All of these things are coming at us and we're, and we're forming opinions about Christianity and Jesus. We're forming opinions because actually our society is telling us how to form opinions on the things that God already teaches us about. And it's affected every one of us. Every, every single one of us, this is a scheme that will be, the, the more we're scrolling through this and going, man, can you believe he said that? Can you believe that guy did this? Can you believe? It's information warfare, right? And you know what's sad is if you don't have 24 hours a day to verify everything, boy, oh boy. So you know what we're apt to do is we're apt to believe whatever we're most kind of leaning towards, that's what, we're, that's what we tend to believe is true, okay? And you go, no, 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 I'm, I'm open-minded, okay? Well, we just saw yesterday in college sports how unopen-minded we are, all right? For real, you know? I, I mean, it's this, it's this idea of, if I were to ask Jody, would you ever, ever, ever root for Clemson football? No, absolutely not. There's no middle ground, okay? Florida State and Florida. There's no middle ground. There's no scenario in the world that I would go, I hope that Gators win. <laughs> There's no scenario for that, okay? But we overestimate ourselves when it comes to social information warfare. We're like, no, I'm really open-minded. I kind of weigh all these things. And we really don't. We're not as open-minded as we give ourselves credit for, all right? And so, the, what am I saying? Am I saying to be more open-minded? No, no, no. I'm saying to be more Bible-minded. That, that's what I'm saying is, is that's the filter. And so, here's the deal. This is one of those things that I want to put on. You want to talk about Satan's scheme, is I want to put this thing on where if it isn't helping me love Jesus and love people more, I don't want it in my eyes and ears. <laughs> All right? I, I don't, I, honestly, and you heard me say this a, last week and a couple weeks ago, I mean, Politics don't help me love people more. <laughs> they don't. They don't help me love my enemy. They don't help me. You know, but Keith, you, what about taxes and retirement and all that kind of stuff? I don't know, man. I'll tell you, when they hired me for this job, I didn't get the crystal ball. 
For all I know, Jesus is going to come back next week. (laughs) I mean, none of us know that. All I know is there's a war being fought. That's what I know, okay? And there is this information warfare. I think that's a scheme that all of us can fall for. Ephesians chapter 6, he goes through the armor of God, right? But we're going to start in verse 18. Pray at all times in the Spirit. So here's a practical thing, and maybe it's one of those things that, you know, sometimes we need a reminder to go back to the basics, right? You know what the basics are as followers of a king who died for it? You know what the basics are of a king that said, I love you guys in the midst of, he looked down at this world in all of his mess and said, I love them so much, I'm going to go down there and die for them. So they don't have to live in that anymore. The, only, the basic response to that is, King Jesus, you tell me what you want me to do. <laughs> Let me obey you. Let me trust you and what you say, okay? And that's just a basic, but here's a basic right here, right, of this. We can put this into practice. Pray at all times in the Spirit. Th- these are good things to take home and look at and go, am I obedient to this? These little blurbs right in here can be life-changing. Pray at all times in the Spirit. You know, what does that mean? That sounds very like surreal and, and, and can I, do I have to get myself in some kind of like psychedelic place of, of like this, you know, where I'm, I'm you know, contemplating the, 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 the stars and the cells and all this kind of stuff. No, 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 no. It's pray at all times in the Spirit is this idea of this picture of the Spirit inside of you. And the spirit inside of you is taking everything that you're saying to God, right? And telling him what you really mean to say, okay? is this idea of this, this filter he goes through and the Holy Spirit is going, God, if I, you, we know what he means by that, okay? It's this power that isn't, prayer isn't even related to our own ability to speak clearly. Isn't that great? I mean, that would be horrible if just like folks who could really speak well, that's who God listened to. We think, man, when I'm stammering and stuttering and I don't know what to say and I'm frustrated and I don't even know and I'm scared to talk to God, God's going, it's cool, man, because that's why I put my Holy Spirit inside of you. That's one of the reasons why the Holy Spirit's inside of you, because listen, the Holy Spirit is filtering this up to me. All right? Pray at all times in the Spirit. That may be the takeaway, okay, because here's the basic, okay, if we're going to wage war for real, Pray at all times in the Spirit and asking ourselves a very clear question. Each day when we're in the Word of God, when we're getting ourselves prepared for the day or if you do your quiet time later or whatever, is this question, what am I being called to do now? And we get, we've become jaded by that question because we think, no, no, no. You've heard this saying before, right? We're not human doings. We're human beings. I, that, that's a great that's a great card, right? You've all heard that. I know you've seen this on Twitter. So. No, no, no. And, it's, it's, and again, you want to see information warfare? It's changed Christianity to a place where obedience is seen as just something that is heartless and legalistic. And we're going, no, no, remember, so just be, just be spiritual. Amen. Okay. Being spiritual and obeying God are not separate things. 
And, and that's a conviction we have to have. We have to have this conviction from the Bible, not from the world, not from information warfare that are going, no, 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 don't be legalistic. No, listen, everyone's going to, I don't need, listen, here's the message I don't need ever. I don't need anyone to say to me, Keith, you're going to mess up anyway. No, I, I need brothers and sisters encouraging me to be faithful, Right? Oftentimes we do that. We, we set one another up. Well, don't feel bad. You're going to fail anyway. Boy, that's not faithful at all. Do you remember Peter tried this on Jesus, if you remember? Right? Jesus told the story in Matthew 16. Jesus sat his guys down and he said, I'm going to be killed. We're going to Jerusalem, actually. That's the time when Jesus began his trek to Jerusalem. And he said, we're going to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to be handed over and betrayed and tortured and killed. and I'm going to rise again on the third day. And then Peter said, no, 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 this will never happen to you. That's the last thing Jesus needed to hear. All right. Can you imagine if you had a task to do that was so painful and sorrowful and scary? Boy, the worst people you can have around you is saying, no, no, no you don't you don't have to do that. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes we do that to one another right? No, no, man, don't feel like you have to repent that way. Don't feel like you have to confess. Don't feel like you have to. Don't feel bad. Just be spiritual. Well, the two can't be separated, right? This is a basic for us, is every day asking ourselves this question, okay, what am I called to obey? Okay, as I read my Bible, what am I called to obey? As a follower of the king, what am I being called? From what I've read, what would, how should I live? That's a, su- that's a super basic question, but I will tell you, for me and you, this is the way that we wage warfare. This is how we fight against an infuriated Satan. Pray at all times in the Spirit. Obey, right? Let's, let's keep reading this here, and we're going to finish up. Pray at all times with the Spirit, with every prayer and requ- request, and stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints, He said, pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Isn't that that crazy? It gives us a little bit of a hint of what was going on inside of Paul, huh? He said, there's another ground, there's another battleground for battle, and it's going to be me and you not sharing the message of Jesus. (laughs) Man, if Satan can stop that, to where we just become a meeting place on Sunday. That's really all that's needed. I mean, what an amazing scheme, okay? And this isn't, okay, we'll go knock on your neighbor's door and tell them a spiel about something and give them a book to read and all that kind of stuff, but it's this idea of gospel living. Right. Where, okay, as you, John 13, 34, as you have loved me, so you must love us. Jesus is saying this, as I have loved you, so you must love others, right? And that means saying the right things and saying the challenging things and expressing the gospel and the reality that it exists in our own life, okay? And so you're looking at things, these are basic. This doesn't take theology, right? This takes us some time to go, okay, let me pray in the spirit. God, what do you want me to do? And let me walk in that, okay? That's fighting an infuriated Satan, he says, pray for me that I, this message could be given to me that I open my mouth and make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. He says, this is the reason I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough in him to speak as I should. 
Pray that I may be bold enough, okay? Because here's the other scheme of Satan. Make me and you scared. Be careful how you say it. Be careful, right? You should be, don't say it to this person and don't say it to that person. Paul is like, no, please pray for me that I can pray this message with boldness. And keep in mind here, he says, I'm in chains. I'm actually in under house, he was under house arrest. He couldn't leave his house. He was probably chained inside of his home, okay? And, and going back to not having resilience, can you imagine what would happen if that happened to me and you? Somebody came in and chained us in our home, set up a sentry outside so we couldn't leave and we couldn't really do anything. Boy, the discouragement and the depression and all of those things. And Paul is going, hold on a minute, here's what I can do. I can write a letter to some other Christian and get them. And here's what I can do. I can pray at all times in the Spirit. Here's what I can do. I can obey still. I can love still because there's still people coming in and out of my home. He's fighting against an infuriated Satan. Right. That's where I want us to start this Christmas season. Understanding what's the schemes, what are the basics, am I obeying, like simply from what we read. All right. And just adjusting our mindset to know that this is, this is happening with each and every one of us. So we're going to take our communion right now. Okay. And while we take the communion, um, I would encourage you to share with one another Talk about this. Talk about, hey, this could be something that Satan could use. Please pray for me. Hey, in light of, because here's the cool thing. When you talk about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, all right, when you're talking about that moment in time, when you're talking about celebrating that, okay, and, and again, sometimes it can be, we're not, we're not in mourning right now for the death and burial of Jesus, we're celebrating his resurrection, right? And to look at that and go, wow, because of that right here, can you please pray for me in this area? I don't want to be unfaithful. I don't want to be disloyal to Jesus. I don't want this to happen anymore. Can you pray? And I'm going to pray too and, and, and to be open with one another and talk about that. So we're going to do that. 